Hello, everyone, and welcome back into Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a wonderful show to be sharing with you today and three fabulous artists to share it with us. Joining us today, we have the executive producer and performer, Anna Zinenko, the producer, Lucy Palomarchuk, and the performer, Max Katz, all who are with the Locust 29 presentation of Hell Dialogues. It's playing November 2nd through the 12th at the Sheen Center, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting eventbrite.com. This is a wonderful new show, and we cannot wait to get into it. And so we're going to go ahead and welcome on our group, Anna, Lucy, and Max. Welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. I am so excited to have all of you here and to be talking about this great show that I'm intrigued by, Hell Dialogues. You know, this is, where are we going with this? Especially with when it's being released right around the good old Halloween. So I'm going to start with you, Anna, as the executive producer and one of the performers. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Hell Dialogues is and is about? Sure. So thank you for having us. I'm excited to share finally what is Hell Dialogues is. So this show is truly experimental endeavor, like any other theater project, I believe. As in my opinion, any theatrical performance that involves live actors is essentially an experiment in itself, right? But what sets this project apart from others, I think it's just an entirely conceptual play. It's a great fusion of uh, Jean-Paul Sartre, No Exit, with the fragments of Plato dialogues. And I know it might, it might sound um, ridiculous, maybe. You, it's like mixing mango with mustard, maybe. But our director, Masha, Masha Kotlova, she, she and her vision and approach came out to this project that's entitled Hell Dialogues. It's pretty, pretty wild. I feel like it's a wild and eccentric experience, experience. and even for us as actors, we are, I believe we are all surprised by the process during the rehearsals as well. And ultimately, the show itself is a reflection of the actors and their experience during the rehearsal period. That's all. That's all we are trying to go with. And you can prepare every single detail of the show, but when the show begins, it takes takes own life so it has a unique momentum and atmosphere and it's very hard to describe what it's going to be but this is the enigma and mystery for us as well and we would love to invite people to this experience to live with us I I was asked actually to be honest with you I'm asked very frequently so is the show good it's going to be good and my response is always, I don't know, you tell me, you will come and you tell me because it's like you, can, you can't predict a baby or a kid, right? Before it's, before you give a birth. So it's a mystery and I love it. I cherish it. That sounds so fantastic. I love it. Lucy, I want to bring you on as the other producer. How did you come upon this work? Well, I think Anna was, Anna and Masha, they kind of were working on a project before me. I jumped on the project a lot later. So I'm, I'm sure she can talk about it more about how they developed it. I can just say from when I heard about it and I knew that Anna 
and Masha were involved, I knew it's going to be a really good show because I've seen Masha's work and I know what she's capable of. So I got excited and I jumped right in. So yeah, that's basically it. I'll add um, that we started working on this project at the very beginning of 2022, just a few months before Russia started a full-scale war in Ukraine. And it was a different production. It was just start, no exit. And it didn't work for various reasons. And the, with all the situation, we were stuck and we were devastated for some period of time. And then this core themes of the play remained the same even after the tragedy. But the vibe, the whole vibe around the work uh, shifted dramatically for us. And then Masha came up with this idea to mix Plato and Sartre. And luckily, we we had Dan, Dan Vexler, a playwright who brought these pieces together. And he gave a he gave this play a fresh contemporary twist, I see. And then I asked Lucy if she could join us with this to develop this project into into life and to bring it on stage. And that's how it started. Love it. Max, I would love to bring you into the conversation now. As one of the performers, what has it been like developing your role in this show for the world premiere? Yeah, thanks. Well, the, the process of this show is a really special one. Masha, our director, is from Russia and uses an approach that she learned, a pedagogical approach that she learned with her master, who is named Vasiliev. He's a Russian practitioner of theater and director. And so the process that we do here is very different than a lot of other productions that I've done in the United States. It's a very physical process. We do, we work, every time we work, we start with this, I wouldn't even call it a physical warm-up or, or a exercise. It's, it's, it's a very complex physical theater process where, I don't know, I can't, I can't sell it very well. It's not my process, but it's very involved. It's very difficult. It's very special. It's very involved with your body, your mind. And we work as well with a, what Marshall calls a psychophysical approach where we're working with sort of the body inside. And so that's a large approach as we started to get to the text. Now we're on our feet and we're working obviously with the, with the show itself. And it's just, a, it's a very complex and exciting process because in addition to all of these things, the work itself is highly conceptual. You know, we're working with European philosophy and great pieces of European literature, adapting them together, looking for the the fil rouge between the two, and then finding outside of sort of an intellectual approach, how do we how do we bring this to life, and how do we bring this to life in a way that is not bogged down with sort of these high concepts, but rather is exciting and and fun to watch. And as we go through the process, what we're coming away with, I think, is something exciting and something very alive and something very different from a lot of the type of theater that we're familiar with seeing here in the U.S. So, I mean, in terms of what it's been like, it's just, it's very exciting. It's very new, something different and fresh every day. And I'm excited to still be part of the process and see the way that it will continue to grow in that way. I want to elaborate a little bit more if I could. I, I want to just could I pick your brain a little bit more about the acting process that you've had to go through? Because it it is different than most shows have to go through. Can you tell us a little bit more sure. about that? What maybe walk us through a day or a rehearsal of what you have to go through for this? For sure. I mean, so I, we work 
generally our rehearsals are five hours at a time. We've been working on it for quite a long time because it was part of the audition process was a laboratory on this technique. And so after that, which was, which was a multi-week laboratory, we came out of that and we started to have once a week leading up until like our main rehearsal process, we were still doing the lab because part of it is it's, it's ensemble driven work. And so the more that you can work in it, the more you can build not just yourself, but the more you can build your work together. And so we took as much time as we could. Of course, it happened over the summer and people have travel plans and people were available as they could be. Now that we're here, we're meeting daily. So like I said, it's a, we rehearse for five hours of time. When we get there, the first hour is committed to the physical work, which is combination of stretching, core work, alignment work, starting to approach the physical from, from a very like intentional and mental point of view. We'll go in from, there, there's a, a very special part of the process, which I love, which is at the end of this very physical element, there's a process where we stand still, where we, where we just stand still in silence, in your proper alignment, in your connection with your core, with your eyes closed or with like a, an empty gaze. And, you know, it, it allows everything to sink in. I mean, you're standing there and you're like sweating and your mouth is filling with saliva, but it's this sort of weird aspect of your body where your body is taking everything that you just did in. And I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe. It sounds super weird. It's all the weird things we think about theater that people that don't do theater think we do. And so after that, after our physical time, we work with the psychophysical, which is hard to describe, but it's about working with emotions, but not from from in your mind, but from what's inside your body, imagining them in a physical way. So instead of just generating thought, it's trying to envision a physical change that's happening in your body that will inform an emotional response. So that's what I put in. We work with that for quite a bit. And then, so that's probably another hour or so. And then we go into working with our show. A, a large, if not the by far dominant part of our process is improvising. In the, in the Russian technique, you do a lot of things called etudes, which are which are little scenes. You're doing improvised scenes based on the structure of the of the work that you're doing. And so we use that so that we can discover new aspects within our piece, but also to practice keeping keeping a performance alive at every moment. So something will never get stale and something will never be trite. And so we're doing yeah, so in so now we're doing a lot of improvising. It's very exciting. We're like it allows us to really sort of capitalize on our, our short amount of rehearsal time because there's so much time for discovery because it's so fresh and so new every moment. And hopefully we're practicing how we can keep that alive once we go into the performance space as well. That's wonderful. That's fascinating too. It's a lot of work. It is, it is, but it's uh, we're good for it. Anna, I want to bounce back to you to kick off this next question. And I want to know, what is the message or thought you're hoping audiences take away from held dialogues? 
it's very, I wouldn't make this uh, prepared message that we would like to, you know, to prepare and set up with the audience because it would be a propaganda. <laughs> Just kidding. But I feel like it's very important to leave a room for interpretation for the audience because what we do, we just zoom out or zoom in the human nature and we just, you know, looking at it from different angles. So it's a huge part of your own interpretation, exactly what Sart did, because I've, I've heard so many different messages about this play. If uh, Sartre was religious or wasn't, of course he wasn't, but some people think he was. So it feels like Sartre didn't give any answer. He just wrote this play and we're still thinking about it and we are working on that. And it's very complex and challenging to get some of the ideas. But I believe this, this is the message we want to have. So we want to provoke some feelings and emotions and questions rather than answers. Can I add? Uh, yeah, I I was gonna jump to you next, Lucy. What what are your thoughts about the messenger thought you're hoping the audience away? Uh, I think I have to somehow agree with Anna. There is no specific message, but I was just thinking about, you know, I think the considering the situation we the world lives in right now, a lot of it is like, you know, turmoil and anxieties and insecurities and uncertainties about the future. And this is something where we are put in a position to sort of re-examine our thoughts, our, you know, identities, our, you know, how we take responsibility, personal responsibility, you know, the uh, consequences of our actions. And I think that Hell Dialogues does just that. You know, I think it's hopefully, I think, I think that whatever people take away from this is going to be very different from each for each person, but I hope it resonates on some level and it leaves some room for thought and maybe some dinner table conversation. So I hope you know people like it and you know remember way long after the show is done. Yes, I'll just add that we want to 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 check what is the individuals have to face nowadays in the subway or in the society. Because every time we wake up, we, we read about even more wars. And the reason of these wars is a person, it's humans. So that's what we are facing every day. Yes. I love these messages so far that you're both wanting to bring to the table. I mean, very timely. And also, I love a good play that makes you think. Not just during, but after. It's a great thing to walk away with. Max, I want to wrap up this question with you and, and find out what is it that you're hoping, what message or thought are you hoping the audiences will walk away with? I think that Lucy and Anna nailed it well, that there, there's a lot of things to take away. And I don't want to peg specifically something that the audience should look for. I will say from my perspective, like you said, it's, it's definitely definitely leaves a lot of possibility for an audience to leave with thoughts. And as Lucy said, a lot of things to talk about at the dinner table. If you take the source material itself, there are a lot of very high lofty intellectual concepts. But for myself, actually, something that I would love for audiences to take away is that I would like them to just have fun, honestly, and and see something that's exciting. There's going to be, there's fantastic music in that piece in addition to this piece that we're devising between a bunch of different source material. We have great actors. There's really great music. There's going to be great movement pieces, the costumes, the stage, like it, it will be an exciting spectacle. And so I think 
I think there's something from this source material when you talk about a piece and you talk about Jean-Paul Sartre and you talk about platonic dialogues, it could be something that, like you said, you love theater that leaves you thinking. And I think a lot of people do as well, but I understand why that can also be daunting to audiences. And so for myself, what I would want audiences to know, and then hopefully get to take away if they get the opportunity to see the piece, which I hope they do, is that it will be, it'll be a lively, exciting, funny piece as well. And so I just hope that people won't be afraid of the concept and that they'll come in looking for a wide variety of things and simply to have a good time and be entertained as well. Love that. Yes. Well, my final question for this first half of the interview is who do you hope have access to the show? And Lucy, I'd actually like to start with you on this, if I may. I think that we would love a wide range of audience to see this. I mean, honestly, I think it, it, like I said before, I feel like every person can take away something from that show. So I would love if if, uh, the more people came to see the show, the different age groups. I mean, obviously, maybe not so much for kids, a certain age, but yes. So I think it's, it's could be for everyone. Loving that. Max, bouncing back to you, who do you hope have access to this fabulous show? A good question. I think that something that I think about when I think about the show, of course, like Lucy said, I would love as many people to see it as possible. Something that stands out to me from the team that we're working with the, and, this, and this dramaturgical style of it, it's a very European approach to theater, which I think is very fresh for American audiences. It's something very exciting. It's very vivacious. And so something that I would love to see is, of course, we live in an incredibly diverse city with a lot of people from different places. And I would love people that are familiar with that type of theater to come see it. But I would especially love people that are unfamiliar with that type of theater to come see it. If we could introduce this different type of theater, as I mentioned before, I don't think it's that similar to other stuff that you often get to see off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway here in New York. And so the types of audiences that I would love to have and the type of people that I would love to be granted access to this are people for whom it will be new to. So that doesn't just mean obviously Americans, but it could be anybody and uh, yeah. That is so wonderful. Great answer. And wrapping us up, we've got Anna. Anna is the executive producer and one of the performers. Who do you hope have access to Hell Dialogues? I won't be original. I think this show must be for everyone. It's like, you know, when you see or you hear, oh, Sard and Plato together. That sounds interesting. I'm in. Or probably Sard and Plato. That's wild. But I'm curious. I'll be there. Or like you're just going to pass Café Gitane and you're like, oh, this poster, it's interesting. It's just appealing or intriguing. And I just, oh, it's two blocks from the sheen, so I'll go. So it, it has no limits. switch things up now for the second part of our interview and give our listeners a chance to get to know the three of you a little bit better pick your brains if you will and i want to start by asking you all what or who inspires you what playwrights composers or shows have inspired you in the past 
or are just some of your favorites? And Anna, can I start with you on that? Is that okay? Sure. I think my source of inspiration, actually, it can be a random dialogue in the cafe next to me. It can be a film. It can be a Philip Glass, you know, it, it can be re- literally anything. It's not always specific. I am, I'm a fan of Simone de Beauvoir more than Sartre. This is my sort of inspiration. When I think about my character, sometimes I think about Simone de Beauvoir a little bit. I'm not telling that to Masha. She probably she would hate it, but it's just, it's very, very different every day. That's why I love this method because it it's your own discovery. It's like, imagine your nature as an instrument, a piano, a guitar, and before before you play it, you have to tune it, right? So it's 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 my thing. Every day it's different. It can be a rain. A flood was my inspiration, to be honest. It, I was really enjoying it. I'm very sorry for saying that, but it was very unique moment that would probably, hopefully, would never. I mean, never, but would never repeat in the nearest future. So yeah, and I love Mark Ribot. I'm I'm so happy, grateful that we have Mark Ribot music featured in the show because when I hear that, it it just simply, I'm transferred somewhere else and I I keep listening that when I go back from the rehearsal or go into the rehearsal and it gives me so much room for inspiration let's say that is such a wonderful list I love that Max how about you what or who inspires you Everything inspires me now what inspires me from a from a theater perspective I love you know, being here in New York, I'm from here. I love the history of theater here. I love the group theater. I love Clifford Odets. I love Arthur Miller. I Music is something that inspires me the most. I really like all, all genres of music, a wide, wide variety, but especially inspired by folk musics, not just folk music, for example, from the United States or from England, as we think of folk music here, but just traditional music from around the world. I think that there's something in traditional cultures that speak to the human spirit in a very pure, honest way, which is something that I always look for in when I'm creating art. I love cinema, but I, I liked I liked honest response as well. Nature inspires me. Um, being with food inspires me sharing a meal there's nothing that inspires me more than sharing a meal with people that i care about will be my answer i love that the power of food and theater two of my favorite things (laughs) lucy what or who inspires you a lot of things inspire me. I have to add that I find inspiration in little things around me, nature especially. You know, I love to cook, so I have to say, you know, to <laughs> just to share a meal and to cook for people. I, I love that. I have a very wide range in theater, you know, cinema and music. I love classical composers, but I also am a big fan of Ennio Maricone, who is an Italian composer and who wrote numerous music for many for many movies. I think I have to say that when I saw producers with Matthew Broderick at Broadway, that was the show that I remember still do. I don't know, just things like that inspire me. <laughs> that is a fabulous list. Shout out to the producers. We love it. But that is a wonderful list. I love that. 
And kind of building on that, I know that you've all been working, getting the show ready for its world premiere on November 2nd, but have any of you seen any great theater lately you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I think my response would be necessarily to recommend, but I I just have to share that this summer I've seen the Czech, uh, the theater from Czech Republic, and it's the also physical theater in, with some acrobatic circus involved and dialogues and live music. And it was one of the most inspirational pieces I've seen. And I had that aftertaste for a few days, which is which happens rarely nowadays, especially with this TV shows. Every day you watch something and you don't remember what you did yesterday. So this piece was specifically unique. And it's unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to happen again, but I'm pretty sure they will bring it again. It was at the PS21 upstate in Chatham. So I... Highly recommend just to follow, to find this group and just to follow them. Love that. That's so cool. Well, let me ask the three of you now, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? And Lucy, I want to start with you on that. I think for me, the thrill, of, I would say like from production side, it's like the rewards and, and challenges of producing a show, which is something sort of magical you know you have just an idea and then you make it happen and it's on stage and it involves so many different things you know the the challenges are obviously you know always finding funding and deadlines and uh, casting and just bringing the great group together but the rewards are so much more you know like just satisfying because i mean we have a great group of people that i'm so lucky to work with in this particular production talented, dedicated, hardworking. I can, my list is uh, just endless. And I was lucky enough to see, like to see the products of that hard labor. I, I see it right now. And I'm, I'm sure that that's what the audience is going to see. But also for, as far as the theater itself, I think the live interaction between the audience and the performers and the magic that happens on stage and every time it's different and unique and amazing. So that's what it is. The magic of theater is that for me. That's a wonderful answer. I love that. Max, what about you? What is your favorite part about working in the theater? My favorite thing about working in the theater is working together. I think I just love getting to be in the space with with other artists and getting to work together, getting to build something together, getting to feel together, getting to laugh together. Getting to laugh together is, is a really big one. Actually, when I heard Lucy say the producers in her list, I felt like I really let down a big part of my being and heritage that I didn't reference Mel Brooks or Woody Allen or the Marx Brothers as the things that inspire me because comedy is super, super important to me. And it's how I ended up in the theater in the first place. But yeah, I mean, like on, a, on an individual scale, like to act is a very special thing because you get to feel, you get to feel in an immense pleasurable and not always pleasurable way. But I think that that in itself to experience something that is not pleasurable is to feel and to feel is to be alive. But my, what I love about the theater isn't exactly on an individual scale because it's about getting to be alive together, getting to be alive with your fellow performers. And then as Lucy mentioned, getting to be alive before a live audience because there's nothing like being in a room with an audience when you're performing and there's no audience. It's just rehearsal. 
And so getting to be in the space all together, creating something fresh and new that will only exist in that one moment and getting to do it as a team is what inspires me and what makes me love being in the theater. Also a wonderful answer. I love that. That's fabulous. Anna, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? I hate working in the theater. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> as a producer, I think that it's a lot of obstacles that I really hate, to be honest with you. But to connect in dots, when I connect dot and it, this dots becomes a fire, something happens. I really love it. It gives me so much enjoyment. But as an actress, I feel like this is my favorite part to be inside of the theater and rehearsals. I love rehearsals. I love rehearsals much more than performance. I can't explain. I feel like I, I just, you know, run into the rehearsals, even if I'm late sometimes, but I, I, I truly start, I try not to be late. But I, I'm pretty sure it's not only in the theater, but also in any other daily life. We have this, we call it miracle, when it's in something invisible happens. You know, it just happened and it won't be repeated, never the same way. So you just have that for a second, a few seconds, and it's a lot sometimes. And that aftertaste drives you for many days, not even months sometimes, just one three seconds in your life gives you so much joy. And I think it's a miracle if we can, if whether a miracle exists, it's a miracle for me. That is a lovely answer. Lovely. And now we've arrived at my favorite question to ask us, and that is, what is your favorite theater memory? I think my favorite theater memory, that's just something that sporadically came into my mind, was going to theater with my mom. When I was little. I think because of her, I'm here today. Like I, I love theater. I, I, you know, I love everything about theater. Just I think she kind of instilled that in me because when you're little kids and you don't really understand, and she would drag me to ballet and opera, and later on when I was a little older to drama theater in Ukraine. You know, when I was living there, and at first it wasn't like the most pleasant experience, but later on I kind of got into it, and I think I'm glad I did. So she introduced me first to theater and that's my favorite memory. And I'm glad, you know, that happened. <laughs> I love that. Yes. We love a good origin story. Okay. My, I, it's really impossible for me to, to find a memory right now because all my memories kind of, I really, I have a bad memory for the actress is it's terrible. But yesterday, I remember the rehearsal yesterday and I think it's one of my best memories this week because we're trying to get into the scene and we're trying to beat each other somehow because we needed to provoke something. And for instance, today I have a bruise. I see it every day. I knew I'm, I will have a bruise. I have a huge bruise and I, it's, it gives me a memory about yesterday rehearsal. Max, do you have any bruises? I just love the fact that right now your favorite theater memory is the one that literally leaves a mark on you. <laughs> That's fabulous. I, I do have bruises from yesterday from Anya, in fact. But my favorite theater memory, I will say one of my favorite theater memories. I, I'm trying to think of a memory, if I want to share a memory from being in the audience or from being in the stage, because those are both special experiences. Lucy shared one about being in the audience. So I'll say one being on the stage. I'm just thinking about, for me on the stage, the best 
memories are when things go wrong. So, because I think that speaking on that, that notion and that feeling of being alive in the theater, which is something that can be experienced, not just as the performer, but as the audience as well, when something goes wrong, usually when something goes wrong for the actor, the audience doesn't know. Sometimes something goes wrong and everybody knows and everybody's immediately thrown into that moment of being alive. I was in a production where the fire alarm went off in the middle of the production, but it was, it was a test, I guess. I hope so because nobody left the theater, but it was, it was just an exciting moment being in the production and, and being forced to respond to that rather than ignore it and incorporate it into our production, incorporate it into the moment. And I just remember leaving the performance being like, that was great. You crushed that. <laughs> and, and it was just fun. And I know everybody remembers that moment because it was chaos. I love that. That is a fantastic memory and very relatable. You're not wrong. You, you literally said how we all feel the best moments sometimes on stage are the ones that go wrong, but how you react to them. So love that memory. Love all of those memories. Thank you all so much for sharing those. Well, finally, if our listeners would like more information about Hell Dialogues or about any of you, perhaps they'd like to reach out to you, how can they do so? Our listeners can actually go to our website, which is locus29.org. They can also find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook and directly on the event page, uh, eventbrite.com, Hell Dialogues. That's how you can get more information about us. Hope you follow us and see what the progress is of the show. Uh, to stay updated, find us there. Wonderful. Well, Anna, Lucy, Max, thank you all so much for taking the time to stop by and speak to me about this wonderful show. This has been fabulous, and I so appreciate you taking the time today. So thank you all so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Uh, thank have a you, Andrew. Day. My guests today have been the executive producer and performer, Anna Zanedko, the producer, Lucy Palomarchuk, and the performer, Max Katz, all who are part of Locust 29's presentation of Hell Dialogues. It's playing November 2nd through the 12th at the Sheen Center, and tickets and more information are available at eventbrite.com. You can also get more information about the show as well as the production company by visiting locust29.org or finding them on social media at locust.29. We're going to have all of this information posted on our episode description as well as on our social media post. But right now, head over to eventbrite.com. Get your tickets for Hell Dialogues playing November 2nd through the 12th. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our brand new website for all things Stage Whisper and theater. You'll be able to find merchandise, tours, tickets, and more. Simply visit stagewhisperpod.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar, 
other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.